This episode has been split into two parts. Subscribe on Spotify for notifications when part two goes live. another episode of proper full-on gay crisis uh, heartstopper fan podcast with me kate and me david and it's such a strange feeling isn't it to have kind of come full circle and come to the end of this journey that we started back in june i think we started planning this um, when it was still um, light when we were recording oh, yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, and it feels like it's gone really quickly, but also like we've been chatting to you guys forever and mm-hmm. we feel like we've really got to know all the people who've been regularly um, sending us comments and questions yeah. and it's been really, really lovely. So um, thank you so, so much. Like We've said it in every episode, I think, but we'll say it again because we really do appreciate... David's nodding as well. We really do appreciate everyone writing to us and letting us know your thoughts. And it's been wonderful, hasn't it? Definitely. And we've been overwhelmed by the number of comments for for this roundup episode. But before we get into those, um, how are you feeling, Kate, kind of having gone through this process um, of exploring Heartstopper on, on a new level. I've loved it. I've really loved it because I'd watched it obviously four times before mm-hmm. on my own, but this level of detail, actually pausing it, discussing it, getting to really talk through how it related to our own experiences, which I think I was already aware of, obviously, when I was watching mm-hmm. it the first time, but then was just, like, crying about it. So it's nice to yeah. be able to put words to the, all those emotions and mm-hmm. um, properly process all my feelings and appreciate all the artistic details as well, like the colours and the music and the sets and the costumes and all those little details um, that you just skip past the first couple of times of watching oh absolutely and i think even like having spent a good well i mean our episodes were like an hour and a half by the end of it weren't they and even then i think we only scratched the surface of some of the detail didn't we yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. we've yeah. actually been chatting for about two hours plus every week oh at least yeah gosh um, some of them were upwards of three hours weren't they yeah. <laughs> yeah. david's done a fantastic job we have to say little round of applause for david for his fantastic <laughs> editing skills of cutting down on my rambling um when i just start off on one about how much I love the show um but that's but that's been the beauty of it as well isn't it is to just have the time to just talk about all the stuff and as you say like to be able to process everything because mm. I know that after the first time I watched Heartstopper like I just couldn't mm-hmm. get it out of my head yeah. and just all of these kind of mixed feelings of you know a real sense of joy that I'd never really felt before watching something like this but also that kind of real sense of sort of grief and longing and kind of reliving moments of my own adolescence and um so having the opportunity to kind of really go over all of that Mm -hmm. and work through it um, has been has been fab yeah it's been therapeutic for us, hasn't it? I think for I think this so. series. Yeah. And for yeah. quite a lot of other people too, by the sounds of it. So we're looking forward to today having a chance to really dive into all of your fantastic comments and all your theories and discussions and heartstopper moments and advice because mm-hmm. you've really gone for it. I think it's fair yes. to say we're not the only ones that are, no. uh, have a lot of feelings about this show. So that's good. It feels very um, like a communal communal experience, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it does. So should we, should we get into some of these comments then? Oh, before we do. Yeah. Um, I haven't asked you, actually, in real life or on podcast... How are you feeling about our first ever interview that we did 
We had our first ever guest oh, on the last episode, Elvis. We did, yes. Um, oh, it was such a lovely interview, that. Um, I mean, he'd been kind of on our radar for a little bit, mm. hadn't he, on Instagram, and like listening to little clips of his songs. Um, and then all of his songs, and then the whole yes. album. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, so being able to kind of talk to him about his process and the impact that the show has had on him, you know, the other side of the world, mm-hmm. to be able to connect to somebody who's going through exactly the same thing as we have yeah. and then has translated that into this album, which I think, you know, we both really felt a personal connection to. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it was such an amazing feeling it and really it was, was so lovely. Yeah, it really was. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? Is just Heartstopper has just given everyone this communal joy that everyone just feels the need to express. I keep running mm-hmm. around telling everybody I meet. Can you believe, David, at this point, uh, over six months on, I'm still meeting people who've never watched the show and still getting tears in my eyes every time I try to explain to someone, like, it's just yes. the most beautiful <laughs> and you've just got to watch it and it's just, yeah. it's pure joy in TV show format <laughs> and it's just happiness and love and, yeah. Um, and this is the sort of, like, this is the the kind of positive change mm, that the world needs, isn't it? Oh, for sure. I think you know it's it's very easy to become bitter and angry mm-hmm. and to lash out when the world doesn't treat you the way that it should mm-hmm. and i can absolutely understand that feeling mm-hmm. but actually have it this this positive representation mm-hmm. and it is so much more powerful and is got and i think is having a much bigger impact yeah. You know, people are, are listening and open and open to it mm-hmm. in a way that I've not seen before. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's just, it's a good show, <laughs> and we like it. <laughs> it's yeah. good. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I feel like you can't really sum it up. I'm gonna miss watching it. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm still gonna watch it probably another three times before the new series comes out at least and we should say at this point we're talking about rounding up you know and this being like our last roundup episode of the series obviously it it is because we've already discussed every episode and although Mm -hmm. we are going to go through and watch them all again we're not going to subject you to listening to us discuss them all uh, (laughs) beat by beat second by second all over again because you know there's there's only so much that you can listen to our voices which is why we're looking forward to having some of your voices on the show today um yes but even though we won't be going over the show anymore we have got a couple of other bonus episodes lined up haven't we yeah yeah we've like we've talked about um talking about the comics Mm. and that's something that we still want to do yeah and there's the potential for some more guest episodes Mm. lined up um so yes whilst this is the end of season one and our content for season one Mm. um yeah there will be some bonus content which will kind of hopefully plug the gap a little bit between now and the start of season two when we will hopefully pick up where we left off. oh we absolutely will and because there's going to be a couple of um episodes involving other people apart from just us two we're not 100% sure when we're going to get the chance to link up with those people depending on scheduling and whatnot so we don't want to give a definite date for any of those bonus episodes which just means you're all going to have to make sure that you're subscribed on Spotify so that you get a notification when they come out and uh Follow us on Instagram and we will let you know on there as well. And do keep in touch. Keep keep writing to us. And if we get enough other people um, sending us lovely voice notes like we've done today, we might yeah. have enough to do a whole other episode on yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Um, but yeah, and you know, you've been great at kind of pointing us towards content, yeah. um, which is, is fab. And, you know, helping to answer some of our unanswered questions as well. So, you know, we... We love to hear from you. Yes, we really, really do. We appreciate you all very, very much. Okay. 
So, first things first, mm-hmm. um, we have our Heartstopper moments and panic line advice to go through from episode eight. Oh, so we do. Um, so, from in terms of Heartstopper moments, um, our Heartstopper moment mm-hmm. from episode eight was the coming out scene. Yeah, it is amazing. Oh yes. Uh, you know there were there were several contenders, but um, yeah, from that kind of really powerful moment that I think resonated with us mm-hmm. um, and provided such a perfect template going forward. Definitely. Um, yeah, that was our, our kind of standout moment from that episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and Donna agrees with us, and she said that Nick's coming out scene was utter perfection. Yeah. And that this is the template from how to respond when your child comes out to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's mentioned the bloopers that I yeah, was telling you yeah. about as well. Have you watched them yet? I haven't, oh, no. Sorry, David. it slipped my mind actually. Between Come them. on. <laughs> okay, well, when you've watched the bloopers, you'll, you will see Olivia Coleman in all her glory um, getting <laughs> a moche about Kit Connor's yeah. face acting, which is understandable. <laughs> He's fantastic. Oh, yes. <laughs> so Christian has written in um, and she said that you you guys discussed it as one of the potential Heartstopper moments, but mine was when Nick leaves the rugby match to be with Charlie. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. And you, I think you said the same, but like we were both holding our breath the first time we watched that scene. Yeah, we? <laughs> for sure. We definitely mm-hmm. were. Um, yeah. yeah, Joseph said that that was his heartstopper moment as well. Um, Nick walking off the field and also the coming out scene. Um, Jade also agrees with the coming out scene and says that Nick walking off the field and taking Charlie's hand in front of everyone uh, yeah. in that scene as well was really significant. Absolutely. Um, Alison said that Nick coming out to his mum was hers and yeah it shows the fear everyone experiences and she said that she cries every time she watches it and uh that she said not to embarrass myself on social media but I cry every time I watch it and I don't think that's embarrassing at all Alison I cry throughout the entire like final four episodes of that series (laughs) Yes. Continuously <laughs> and oh. openly. And I have cried on this podcast, so don't worry about it. We've all been there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and finally, Robin wrote in to say, I would add that when Nick and Charlie pass each other in the hallway, Charlie's voice breaking as he says he can't have lunch with Nick oh, and yeah. Nick's haunted face as he watches Charlie walk away. Um, and... Um, Robin points out that this mirrors in an opposite way the first episode when Charlie would turn with his face beaming and watch Nick walk past him after they said hi in the corridor. Yeah. And that's actually, that's a really interesting parallel, isn't it? Yeah, um, and one that we hadn't yeah. spotted ourselves or talked about when we were discussing this episode. So no. again, you're still noticing it, other things that we don't, so thanks. Thanks, guys. Um, panic line advice. Mm. loved these loved mm-hmm. these wasn't sure how much advice we were going to get for this last episode because when we were discussing we it we struggled we said yeah. yeah they don't they don't need much advice apart from just to like chill out and rest over the summer because they've all done so well this year <laughs> um but people had some advice um loose has said that um in an ideal world charlie would see how much nick likes him but his first romance, in inverted commas, was with someone closeted who resented him. Obviously Ben. Um, so now Charlie's going to see everything Nick does, coloured by Ben's behaviour. Like how he was surprised mm. when Nick said he liked him. He doesn't feel special enough for anyone to feel like that about him because Ben told him he wasn't special. And the mental gymnastics... It took for him to blame himself for Nick and Tao's fight with Harry shows how low his self-esteem was from that time that he spent with Ben, telling him Mm. that he wasn't special and that he didn't really like him. So I've just realised that Luce doesn't actually say what their advice for Charlie is, but I guess 
the advice is for Charlie to see how much Nick likes him. Yes. Notice that Nick is being like a lot more genuine and to yeah. not let his experience of being with Nick be coloured by his past experience with Ben. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Jade echoes that and she says that whilst it's really hard to think of any advice for someone, maybe for Charlie to open his eyes a little wider and see clearly just how much Nick adores him. Mm. Um, So mm -hmm. Nick probably cares for Charlie more than Charlie cares for him by the end. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting take. I read somewhere on Instagram, I can't remember who said it, apologies, um, that Nick and Charlie's love story wasn't like a one fell first and then the other fell after. It was them both falling in love at the same time. It was just mm-hmm. them experiencing that in different ways because Nick Definitely. didn't realise that that was what was happening at first. No. And Charlie's experience was obviously coloured by his past experience with Ben. So, yeah. And I think watching that back again became much clearer Mm. i think because as we both said throughout really that in the first few episodes there was still a sort of a sense of nah it can't it can't be (laughs) no that's not what's happening but actually then when you go back and you watch it for the third fourth time (laughs) you do see actually right from the beginning the way nick's looking at charlie constantly nick's so into it yeah yeah Yeah, yeah, and Jade has finished off by saying that their advice is for Charlie to just accept all the happiness in his <laughs> life, which is similar to what we said, isn't it? For them to just enjoy each other. Don't stop worrying yeah. about Ben and what everyone else is going to think. Just enjoy being together. Um, Donna has some more practical advice to Nick to take your shoes off before you run into the ocean, you adorable goose. <laughs> Uh, i've heard nick called a a labrador or a golden retriever lots of times i've not heard Mm -hmm. him called a goose before but i love it um it must have been super uncomfortable and distractingly noisy squelchy shoes and socks for the rest of the day very good point she's got a good point yes definitely a good point (laughs) um claire's um given a few few different bits Mm. of advice um for Charlie, um, she said that Charlie shouldn't have paid as much attention to Tao as he did. Um, he also had no reason to just avoid Nick. Mm. Um, I know he feels like he's making Nick's life worse because he fell out with his friends, despite Nick implying that he was doing a lot better without them. Um, also, Tao could have used the opportunity to apologise for Nick for his accusations and the rugby ball incident. Claire's also written that... Charlie also should have responded to Nick's text with what he was going to say to Nick before getting interrupted by Harry and Tao's fight. Um, I also really wanted Charlie to respond to Ben with something along the lines of, as if anyone would be obsessed with someone as pathetic as you. Ooh, Ben. Strong Ben, Yeah, and um, I, I, see, I, I see where you're coming from, Claire, but um, I, my sort of feeling is that actually Charlie keeps the high ground Mm. by not sinking to Ben's level Um, and I think that makes him come across as being much stronger Mm. good point yeah though I'm sure he wanted to say something along those lines oh yeah 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 and probably thought about it and then made a conscious decision to take the moral high ground Mm um yeah yeah, and Claire's summed out by saying, all in all, they've all really developed. I wish Charlie had higher self-esteem, as does everyone, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, hopefully he'll continue to develop into season two. So hopefully. we shall yeah. see. Finally, um, Robin has written in saying that my advice would be to Charlie, when he was thinking of ending it with Nick, mm-hmm. just talk to him yeah. and tell him how you're feeling. Because um, you don't have to do any of this alone anymore. You've got each other. Oh, um, and yeah, actually, you know, when they do communicate with each other, they do it so well. Mm-hmm. They're so open and they're so honest. Um, Especially for their age as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, yeah, I don't think when I was that age, I was 
as articulate as them. I mean, I know their characters yeah. and, you know, it's all Alice Oseman behind the scenes, really, doing all the articulating. Yeah, yeah. But still, it's a good template, isn't it? We've said this before. It's a good mm-hmm. um, example for everyone just to say how you feel. Like, yeah. Talk about it. Get it out in the Honesty open. Honesty is the best policy. For <laughs> Sure. Robin's also sent in a voice note with some additional uh, panic line advice, so let's have a listen to that. Hi, it's Robin from Australia, and I have some advice for next month's Sarah. When you're on your holidays in Menorca, spend some quality time with Nick shirt shopping. Don't wait until his birthday because those shirts are not going to make it until September. He's a growing boy. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right, Robin. Um, I think that's definitely on the list of priorities. <laughs> oh my goodness! Was it Robin who wrote in before and complained that, that Nick's tiny shirts were annoying her? Or I think there might have been someone else who wrote to us as well. Maybe I mean, we've definitely talked about we've it. We've talked about this so many times. They are teeny, teeny tiny. Um, <laughs> I was actually, you know, we briefly discussed Shit's Creek. Um, on one yes. of our previous episodes as well, I was watching an episode of that today where um, Patrick had a slightly too small shirt with the sleeves rolled up and um, David, Shit's Creek David, um, was taking the mick out of him for it and it <laughs> reminded me of Nick. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very good advice, Robin. So... Before we play some more of our lovely voice notes that we've been sent, we're going to go back and have a look at um, comments, people who've commented on previous episodes, but after we'd already recorded the podcast to go with those episodes. Mm -hmm. No comment gets left behind on this podcast. (laughs) So for episode one, we had heartstopper moments, including Claire, who said that her heartstopper moment was Charlie watching Nick flawlessly play rugby. The first high, yeah, the Nick and Charlie's very, very first high is quite mm. iconic, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and the first sorry exchange, but uh, Claire has pointed out as well that that was just after the slightly horrific moment where uh, Nick runs into... Ben and Charlie in the after the rugby practice so yeah still recovering from that yes but it led to wonderful things it did. in the end it did so. it did um Daryl has written in with um also with a heartstopper moment for episode one um the literal moment where Charlie and Nick locked eyes for the first time mm. my poor heart skipped a beat you are not alone there Daryl uh... <laughs> didn't we all oh my goodness (laughs) it's just yeah gorgeous um charlotte's written in with some advice for episode one as well um saying i remember just screaming at the screen for tau to just text l when they're missing each other at the gates i was so frustrated um just a little if you want to go for a walk together i'm standing outside the higgs gate would go for both of them really but um, I was screaming at Tao specifically. And I mean, we did a lot of screaming at Tao specifically. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Claire has some uh, panic line advice from episode one as well. For a few people, she's got advice for Charlie. Don't go and see Ben. Told him to go away. Just block him because he'll never confront you around people. Totally true. Oh, and in case he tries to confront you when you're by yourself, keep Tao on you because I really want to see Tao kick Ben's ass. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we do get to see that later in the series. Um, do we? Well, kind of. Oh, no, he's not kicking Ben's ass, is he? He's kicking Harry's ass. Well, we get yeah. to see Tao kicking ass, so. <laughs> um, speaking of which, speaking of Ben and keeping Tao around, more advice to Charlie. Should have told your friends about Ben. Because then maybe that's where Tao's energy would have gone instead of towards Nick. Yeah? Yeah? Mm. Did they already know? No, they knew he was bullied by the rugby lads, didn't they? Yeah, no, I don't think they knew about Ben. Yeah. Oh, Charlie's just too good and pure, isn't he? He's like... Yeah, he He is. takes it so seriously. If someone says to him, 
no, I don't want anyone else to know, then he will not tell anyone, even his best friends. That is a, rare, I think. I think most people would yeah. tell at least one other person, like a trusted friend, wouldn't they? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Mm. Yeah. But um, I suppose that just kind of shows the hold that Ben had over him mm. at the time. Yeah. And also, advice for Ben, if you never actually liked him, you could have just not pretended to and just allowed him to navigate the year with his friends. Interesting take, Claire, because my interpretation was that Ben did genuinely like Charlie a lot, but just wasn't willing to admit it even to himself yeah, I think so. And, um, I mean, I, yeah, I don't want to go into too much detail. Um, I've just started reading the graphic novel. Oh. And I think there is a, a, just a slight sense more in those mm. that Ben either at least does admit that he likes Charlie more than he does in the series mm. or uses that as a means to keep him on board. I'm not quite sure which it is. I'm pretty convinced that Ben was so paranoid about people not seeing them together mm-hmm. and not finding out that they were together and was so worried about people finding out that they were a couple. I don't think he would have put himself through that if he didn't actually like Charlie. I think he was just so deep in the closet that he was lying to himself about the fact that he didn't really have feelings for Charlie and whether he's actually gay or bi or Mm -hmm. whatever, questioning. He's just going about it in a really shitty way. Yeah, I, th- I think you're probably right, and it may not have started out like that. I think it did just start out as a convenience thing, um, but I'm sure that he probably did develop feelings for for Charlie. Mm. I th- and I think you kind of see that later on in the series, don't you? When he's so, he's obviously very hurt that Charlie has picked Nick over him. Mm. Yeah, he is. Um, that's and, what I'm saying. Yeah, whilst he doesn't deal with it in the right way. Yeah, yeah. sorry. He's yeah. not expressing yeah. it in the right way. No. And he's not dealing with it in the right way because he hasn't dealt with it inside himself. Mm-hmm. He's just complete denial, but I think there is feelings there because he's then jealous when he sees Charlie with Nick, isn't he? Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah. <sighs> yes. So even though, obviously, Ben Hope Hate Club, we dislike Ben. Ben is not a nice person. However, I might get stick for this. But I do feel sympathy for him. Yeah, but I I think that's that's the mark of a good character, isn't it? Is that you can understand where they where they're coming from. Mm. You can understand why they are what they are, Mm -hmm. but you don't have to Agree with them. Agree with them or like them. Like you know a good example of that, slightly off topic. The new adaptation of Cruella that uh, Disney have released, you know, the with the live mm. actors. Have you watched that? No. Uh, well, it explains why she really hates Dalmatians and it makes you sympathise with her and think, actually, I wouldn't hunt them down and kill them and make a coat out of them and I wouldn't condone her doing that and she's still, <laughs> you know, she's still doing bad things but you can yes. see her motivation and you can empathize in a way i think i feel the same about ben i've i feel in general that i the way i try to look at the world is that there's no such thing as a bad person everyone like and there's no such thing as a good person either you can't define people by their actions. No mm-hmm. person is completely just a good person or completely just a bad person. No, of course not. No. They are, we're all just people, and some people sometimes do bad things. Yes, and obviously some people do more bad things than other people. Very true. But there are often reasons why 
somebody has gone down that path that are often you know out of their control exactly so yeah you can't take a person out of their context Mm -hmm. can you and you can't take a person's actions as a definition of their whole being i think any person put in the right environment has the Mm -hmm. potential to be better than they are yes not saying that ben is someone that i would want to hang out with (laughs) and i've seen people debating about whether because ben is in the next series isn't he like in the little clips that they've shown yeah sebastian croft is there and he is going to be in season two in some way and people have been really getting quite emotional about debating whether they think he should have a kind of redemption arc or not and lots of people saying not (laughs) because what Mm -hmm. he did was unforgivable i'm not sure i'm still on the fence you know i I could understand charlie never forgiving him but i would hope that ben could still forgive himself and become a better person. I would hate to think that he would continue to just yeah. be that bitter and horrible to everyone his entire life. Um, and yeah, I would hope that he will go on to have better relationships. Exactly. But he obviously has stuff that he needs to work through oh, first. so much stuff. Um, and yeah. I would totally understand if Charlie never forgave him because he does do oh, some yeah. shit. Oh, and yeah, yeah. I could go on about that for a lot longer, but I won't. Basically, Ben, what Ben did was rubbish, but hopefully he's got the potential to be slightly less of a idiot than that in the future. Um, so Claire's also written in with some advice for episode two. Um, she's said, Otis, uh, one of the rugby lads, what were you thinking? Nick hadn't spoken to Tara in years, so where did you get the idea that he was super interested in her? Um, And that's sort of teenagers, isn't it? Like, they will latch on to the tiniest little thing, Mm -hmm. won't they, and turn that into into a a massive rumour. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Daryl's also given some advice for episode two um, and said, Tao sexuality like gender is fluid mm-hmm. so never assume anything it only makes an ass out of you and me so um, true also that reminds me don't think we mentioned it when we were discussing you know there was that whole thing of um kit connor coming off twitter because people were being really nasty about him being yeah. in a relationship supposedly with his new co-star who is a girl and were saying mm-hmm. that he'd been like queer baiting by playing um, Nick on Heartstopper and then going on to have a relationship with a girl if he was bi he could still have a relationship with a girl well absolutely yeah and that's why the whole thing was so ridiculous um, yeah so yeah, Just, it, it, yeah yeah, it doesn't change the fact that he could still be bisexual does it no exactly yeah. so calm your horses <laughs> and yeah and that's sort of and this is what I mean about um you know, spreading a positive message yes. from our camp is so much more powerful than um, than spreading hatred and anger, isn't it? Because it just turns people away from us. Yeah. We've got a lot of love to give. We do. So we do. I love the, the image love. of a, a queer camp and how <laughs> that would look. In my mind, I'm yeah. picturing some little cute, like, teepee-style tents. Lots of rainbows, lots of bunting. Yes. Yeah. Festival vibes. <laughs> yeah. A bit like your wedding, really. Oh, yeah. Well, thanks. I'll take that as a compliment. Um, okay. Where were we up to? Some Heartstopper moments for episode two. Heartstopper moments for episode two. Ah, oh, Daryl. A small one, but a lovely one. Seeing Charlie smile while DMing Nicholas. <laughs> Oh, yes. It was proper glowing, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I can't read Nicholas without thinking of Imogen saying it as well, because I don't think anyone else in the series, even Nick's mum, calls him Nicholas, do they? No, she calls him Nicky. Yeah. Nicholas. Mm -hmm. 
Very Imogen. <laughs> yeah. Claire's also written in with a heartstopper moment for episode two. Oh. And that was the snow day uh-huh. where he says, um, I'm your friend and I do care. Yeah, that is a lovely moment. Yeah. We're down to episode three. Oh, kiss. Yeah. We did a little poll on the Instagram. We'll talk about the results properly Ooh. later. But safe yeah. to say, we're not the only ones that enjoyed Kiss, episode three. <laughs> um, so, heartstopper moments in episode three. Obviously, Claire has mentioned Tara and Dice's kiss. And Nick's mm-hmm. reaction watching them as well. Yeah. And also, the moment just before Nick and Charlie's kiss, you're just going to assume they're a she. Oh, yeah. Love that. Yeah. Oh, the tension. That was a really nice line. And everything kind of changed from Mm. then, didn't it? Yeah. Daryl agrees and he says that for for me, it was the pinkies touching right before the kiss and those animated sparks. Um, Oh, yeah. And there was just that really, like, gentle music in the background. And, oh, such a gorgeous moment. Yeah, that was lovely. That was really lovely. It felt like an extension of the original hand crackles, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Was that in episode yeah. two, the original ones? It was, mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lovely. And advice for episode three. Um, Claire said Nick should have just not gone to Harry's party. Ooh, interesting take. Oh. Well, then we would never have had the kiss. Yeah. <laughs> Either I mean, I'm sure it would have happened at some point. Yeah, but, but not in that way. Um, oh, and yeah, and she said, oh, Charlie should have just said no to Nick's offer to go to the party and then suggested they do something the next day. But then we wouldn't have seen Tara and Darcy's kiss. I think the yeah. combination of elements at that party were p- the perfect conditions for Nick to have the confidence to kiss Charlie. Yeah, you're absolutely right. If he hadn't have bumped into Tara... Mm-hmm. Had, had the, the conversation, conversation with her, yeah. seen them kissing, yeah. like those were all like slotting things into place for for Nick, weren't they? Yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah. I think if you take if you took if you took that out of the equation, it might have been a very different series. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they still would have got together at some point, but I think mm-hmm. it might have taken Nick a lot longer to get there if he didn't have that inspiration and that kind of yeah, motivational so. little speech from Tara and for us we wouldn't have had our top heartstopper moment of the entire series oh, I know I mean I might not have cried as much <laughs> while watching <laughs> it that would have been nice um no I still would have cried there's a lot of other emotional moments Daryl's also given us some advice for episode three and he said Harry grow the F up. Your constant attention seeking is obviously a sign of neglect. Yes. Talk to someone about it. Yes. Picking on people smaller than you won't make you feel bigger. Yes. And totally agree, Daryl. And this comes back to what I was saying about Ben as well. Mm-hmm. Like, people don't just do bad things for no reason. People have their own issues. They need to go to therapy, sort themselves out. Ben and Harry, joint therapy session. Let's do it. Get them, get them better before season two. Yes. But with Ben, we do, we kind of understand where Ben's coming from. Mm. We don't get any sense of what Harry's motivation is. No, but like Daryl says, is it lack of attention? Is he just... Yeah, um, we, we know that there's obviously, you know, something yeah. isn't there, but we, we don't see any of that and we yeah. don't understand any of that. He's just purely in an antagonistic position in this series, he isn't is. he? He is, but we assume that they've got their own nonsense going on and that yeah. they should sort themselves out. But knee sympathy from my point of view. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that brings us up to episode four. Yeah, and so um, heartstopper moments for episode four. Um, Alison wrote in to say that the moment when Nick hugs Charlie after telling him that he's having a f- proper full-on gay crisis. Oh, yeah. I think that was ours, wasn't it, when they sit on yeah. the bed and they just have that moment together. Yeah. It definitely was. Beautiful. Oh, speaking of Harry, we've just had another comment um, about Harry from a low... Um, who's commented today, got there just in time, though, um, to say, <laughs> thoughts on Harry? Question, in general. 
Obviously, he seems very ignorant, disrespectful towards others, especially those on the queer spectrum. And in episode seven, when Charlie approaches the benches where Harry is, he seems genuinely oblivious to the fact that his jokes aren't funny and that it's not just banter. <laughs> Lowe's also pointed out that Harry, when Tao was eating his lunch at the benches alone and Harry comments on his shoe potato art project. He says, L, who's L? Is that your girlfriend? So Lowe saying, well, this implies that whilst L was still at Truham, Harry did not acknowledge L being a girl. And Lowe is assuming that that would mean he would literally dead name her and ignore her identity. Yeah, I can I can absolutely believe that, mm-hmm. and um, I think L referenced that there were some people at school who wouldn't refer to her as L, mm-hmm. including some of the teachers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I can definitely believe that Harry would have been one of them. Yeah, me too. But Lowe's point is this: is he actually trying to be a horrible person, or is he so far up his own butt that he doesn't realise how messed up his comments are? Maybe his family is really homophobic and he's just adopted their opinions and thinks that that's normal. Mm. And they're curious about his home life and what we think his home life might be like and what makes him who he is. Yeah, and I think that's what we were saying, isn't it? Is that you kind of you can't take people out of their context mm-hmm. and because we just, we know nothing about Harry, mm-hmm. you know all we're seeing is his outward yeah. homophobia and yeah. insensitivity. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it would be interesting in Series 2 if maybe we got a little glimpse into mm. a bit more about his home life. That would be um, interesting, And I think, you know, there is possibly an element of teenage ignorance mm-hmm. as well yeah. in not realising the impact of what you're saying. Oh, yeah, for sure. Teenagers, <clears throat> yeah throughout time i'm sure have always found something to pick on people for don't they like it's kind of like a natural part of growing up that kind of finding people that you identify with and people splitting into different groups and kind of pointing out each other's differences i suppose and there's an arrogance as well i think isn't there that it doesn't matter and that Mm. you know I don't think you've necessarily yet realised that everybody is kind of a cog in in one machine I think there is a sort of egocentricity about being a teenager isn't it where you just feel like you can say and do what you want to do because you're pushing those boundaries aren't Mm -hmm. you and I think that's where Harry's at yeah he's just a bit immature yeah, not that it excuses what he says. No, absolutely not. But, but it kind of yeah, explains... You can kind of temper a little yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah. And possibly, like Lowe says, you know, his family situation might just be full of people who are also very ignorant, so he might not have experienced, you know, talking to people from yeah. different kind of backgrounds people who have different lived experiences than him so Mm. Mm, lots that could be explored don't know if they'll get chance though because i think there's a lot going on with our uh, main characters in the next season i don't know if we'll be wasting any time on harry and ben's backstories (laughs) no 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 we've got a couple more um heartstopper moments and bits of advice that um came in after after we'd recorded so from episode four, um, Claire's given us um, a heartstopper moment mm. when Nick wipes the mud off of Charlie's face. Um, so he just wanted to touch Charlie's face, and it was a really cute moment. Yeah. It um, is. Um, she also talks a bit about um, Imogen's crush on Nick, uh-huh. and she feels that the way in which Nick took Charlie under his wing. Um, was actually may have been instrumental in that mm. um because actually you know it does show a lot about him yeah and that he's a caring person and um 
so I think it's sort of you know natural that she would have seen him in that light yeah and I think don't we all like (laughs) have a soft spot for Nick and think oh isn't he just the sweetest because he genuinely is yeah Um, absolutely yeah and she said Charlie probably doesn't blame Imogen for having the crush on Nick because obviously he's adorable (laughs) he's an adorable golden retriever um (laughs) Any other Heartstopper moments at episode four? Nope, no, just, just a couple bits of advice. So Daryl has said for episode four, Nick, honesty, even in the face of overwhelming discomfort, is always the best policy. <laughs> Stay true to your scruples. Yes. And, um, yeah, Alison, along the same lines, um, has said that she wanted to grab Nick by the shoulders and shake him and tell him that the second he agreed to go out with Imogen, he should have called and texted Charlie to tell him what happened. Mm. And, yeah, we were tearing our hair out about the same thing. <laughs> um, Alison's mm-hmm. also said to tell Tao to stay out of here. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I love him and I know he has good intentions, but he needs to give Charlie and Nick some space. Mm, totally agree. Yeah, I had to think for a second then which what was going on in episode four, but it's coming back to me now from reading yeah. this advice. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, Charlie's birthday party, wasn't it? No, I think it was the rug. No, it was the rugby match. And after the ah. at the end of the rugby match, that was when Imogen asked Nick That's for a date. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, that feels like such a long time ago already. I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, Claire's got a couple of bits of advice for episode four as well. Um, she says, I'd tell Tao to throw the rugby ball at Harry's head <laughs> instead of Nick, because Nick did literally nothing wrong, and not to judge Nick based on the image of him that Tao's created in his mind. Yeah, this is very true. Very good point. Um, And she'd also tell Isaac that uh, even though he loves his books and hates drama, he could have at least told Tao off for throwing the ball at Nick because he already kind of... If he didn't know that um, Charlie and Nick were dating, he at least had an inkling, didn't he? So Yes. Yeah, he is quite passive in the whole Tao thing, Mm. isn't he? Um, Whereas, yes, he could have perhaps been a little bit more um helpful yeah yeah i think we just want more isaac in general advice for isaac in season two just yeah get involved finally um the other piece of advice that we uh weren't able to include at the time was from bethy hazel um and that was for episode five um and Bethy's advice is that I would tell Nick to let Imogen know if he wasn't planning on going to the date earlier because the poor girl was probably in the shower with one (laughs) leg shaved when she got that message. And yeah, I think their kind of planning of things throughout the series um, is somewhat problematic, isn't it? They all need a bit to give each other a bit more warning for things. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Birthday party planning, all Mm -hmm. very last minute. Date planning, date cancelling. Just in Mm -hmm. general, give people a little bit more notice. Yeah, good advice for everyone. <laughs> so that, um, yeah, that brings us to the end of um, our Heartstopper moments and our advice for the series. Ooh, we caught up. Woo. We hope yeah. we've managed to do an okay job of going back and collecting all the comments that didn't make it the first time. It's been a little bit of a mission. Not going to lie. So sincere apologies if there is anyone that we've missed, but we hope we've managed to capture everyone and uh, no one's been left behind. (laughs) So we've had some lovely voice notes in. Um, Shall we have a little listen to some of them? I think so, yeah. So first of all, we've had a message in from Anna. Hi, my name is Anna. I am from Germany and I really want to thank you for your great podcast on Heartstopper. 
it really sweetens the break until we get season two. I also love all your Heartstopper moments so much and all the advices you give for the characters in the show. Um, your podcast makes me feel like I am going through every episode kind of with you. And that also made me realize so many more wonderful little details in the show. And I also really could feel your emotions about it through your conversation. So big thanks for doing this. I hope there will be more episodes on your podcast soon. So greetings from Germany. Bye. Thank you so much, Anna. That was really, really lovely. Oh, it made my day listening to that. I was just, oh, my cheeks hurt a little bit from smiling so much now. <laughs> oh, that was very sweet. No comments about any of the episodes. Just comment about us, David. Just saying, yeah. <laughs> just saying nice things about us. Isn't that lovely? Oh, we're very flattered. Yeah. <laughs> and from Germany as well. My wife's from Germany. So big up the German representation. Glad we're yeah. having some listeners from Germany. That's very exciting. Thank you so much. We've had listeners from quite a few different countries, haven't we? Oh, oh yes. Um, Anchor tells you, doesn't it? Shall we have a look? Which other countries yeah. have we had? So the UK and the US are our biggest um, audiences, if we can if we can say that. I think um, we can, David. Yeah. I think we're at that point. We have an audience. But yeah, Australia, Germany, Sweden, Canada, the Netherlands, New Zealand. What? Um, I mean, yeah, the list goes on. That's crazy! Oh my goodness! It is, isn't it? Oh. Hello. Hello, the world. Everyone. I was trying to think of how to say hello in any other language, and I just thought of German, which is hello. Not that different. Um, <laughs> but, oh, my goodness. Thank you, everyone, who's tuned in from all those different places just to listen to us waffle about how much we love the show. And um, very, very glad you're enjoying it. And, again, thank you, Anna, for taking the time to record that lovely message for us. That was very kind. <laughs> Shall we listen to another one? I'm enjoying this. Yes, me too. Hi, this is Wesley Thomas, a Brit in Michigan. Moved over here to be with my husband and I've been watching Heartstopper since it came out pretty much on repeat. And I absolutely love this podcast. I love the insight that both of the hosts go into detail and give observations that despite the amount of times I've seen it, I wouldn't have considered. They both have very soothing voices which with a podcast I think is crucial. And they're also quite funny. So there's that too. I highly recommend this podcast to all podcast fans, but especially the Heartstopper fan base. Oh, soothing voices, Kate. Soothing voices <laughs> and uh, in insightful comments, David. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Wesley. Um, yeah, thank we, you, Wesley. I hope that some of these voice notes are about um, Heartstopper the show and not all about us because my head is going to be too big to fit out the door if this yeah. carries on oh amazing and another one of our other countries represented, two other countries represented, Wesley is a Brit and living in the US yeah so lovely to hear from you from overseas Wesley and how sweet and romantic to hear that you moved over there to be with your husband oh I know <laughs> lovely <laughs> um, so next we've had a few messages from uh, Lo Hi, my name is Lo I wanted to respond to a few of the suggested questions so there might be a couple voice notes here just for a warning um, a few of my top Heartstopper moments from the show would include the little high montage between Nick and Charlie in episode 1 I find their simple yet adorable interactions with each other so heartwarming and sweet, and I like how it briefly shows how quickly their relationship is beginning to grow. Um, I just find it very sweet. Uh, in episode three, I have two Heartstopper moments, one obviously being the Tara and Darcy kiss. I just find the scene is just so beautifully done, um, how it was filmed, the timing, the lighting, the music. It's just such a beautiful moment between the two characters. The other Heartstopper moment in episode three um, is Nick and Charlie's kiss. Um, just with the little foot movements and the hand touches to their hesitant and sweet first kiss and then the pause. And then just the more confident and passionate second kiss that ends in the little nose rubs. It, 
it's quite literally so perfect and done exactly the same way as the comic. It just actually makes my heart melt every single time I rewatch the show. It's honestly probably one of my favorite Heartstopper moments, top of all time. Um, and then the two other Heartstopper moments are from episode four. One, when Nick is, you know, researching about being gay. I just honestly want to give that kid the biggest hug and tell him everything's going to be okay. It's just so heartbreaking to see him like that. And the other one is with Charlie doing some tackling practice uh, in the field. I honestly think he just really wants to do well by his team and by Nick. Uh, and I just think this is a really big moment for him to finally get over his hesitation to tackle and just grow more as a person, getting himself out there and just very proud of him. So thank you so much, Lowell, for telling us all of your Heartstopper moments there. Um, I was reliving that kiss as you were describing it and just had a big smile on my face yeah it was lovely um and that brings us in actually quite nicely to our next feature where we asked people to tell us their heartstopper their list of of top heartstopper moments Mm -hmm. and people have so thank you so much again for taking the time to do this um anna lovely anna from germany that we heard from in our voice notes earlier um, has said that she's watched the first season twice in German and twice in English. Ah, I wonder if I can get it in German on our Netflix UK mm, because probably. that might be quite good practice for me. Good tip, Anna. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it's so gorgeous. I can't stop watching it. I think a lot of people can relate to that. It's the first show that I've binge watched and it's the first series I've watched more than once or twice. Yeah. I think same for me. I've not. I very rarely watch a series more than twice. There's been a few series that I've watched twice, like Brooklyn Nine Nine, <laughs> springs to mind. There's been very few I've watched more than twice. Don't know about yeah. you. Well, other than Merlin, oh, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> should have guessed that really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Anna's... That's the only one. <laughs> yeah. It's rare, isn't it? Because there's so much new, great TV being put out all the time. It almost feels like a waste. Not a waste, but like something has to be really good to make you want to watch it again. Yeah, or it's a sort of nostalgia thing. Yeah. Yeah. That it takes you back to a kind of a time in your life or something. Mm, But yeah. Very rare. Especially, yeah, immediately one after the other. Not like, oh, I watched this once when I yeah. was in uni and let me rewatch it again to relive that time. No, no, I'm going to watch this four times in a row, one after the other, um, immediately a month after it's come out. That is yeah. rare. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. back to Anna. Anna says that she's in her 30s and is a mum of two little kids. But nevertheless, she's really enjoyed the teenage love story of Nick and Char. <laughs> like that you called him Char makes me happy um, it's a story that touches everybody I think no matter what age totally agree um, and she's also hopes that there will be more podcast episodes of us and she's really looking forward to them and her heartstopper moments are drumroll okay <laughs> and she's done one per episode exactly the same as we did very nice. Right, number eight, episode seven, Nick calling Charlie, Char. <laughs> yeah, that was a lovely one. And the little touch on the elbow at the same time. And, yeah. Oh, so sweet. In at number seven, for Anna, episode four, after the rugby game, when Isaac traps Nick and Charlie in the locker room and notices what's really going on between them. Yes. Mm, yeah. Uh, number six on Anna's top heartstopper moments was the first smiling hi of Nick and Charlie in episode one. Oh, yeah. That's very sweet. Um, at number five, Nick calling Charlie cuddly and hugging for 10 seconds in episode two. Yeah, that's a lovely one as well. Yeah, we've got that like duvet over his head (laughs) (laughs) oh that was just after the hand crackles as well wasn't it it oh yeah that was a good solid that was one of the first was that the first time they'd hugged i think that was the first time they hugged as well wasn't it i think so yeah yeah i think so strong 
very strong and we're only at number five so in at number four um she's got episode five the deep bonding hug between nick and charlie at charlie's birthday that's a better way to describe it than the toilet hug which is what you <laughs> no i'm still calling, calling it the bonding hug the bonding hug at charlie's birthday um number three in anna's Top Heartstopper Moments is from episode three, Nick and Charlie's first kiss. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Yeah. A strong contender. Didn't make it onto our list, which it didn't. is a shame. It didn't, but only because we were only choosing one per episode. Yeah. And we went for Tara and Darcy's kiss. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad that it made it onto Anna's because it was strong. It was a strong moment. Did it win an award? their first kiss i feel like it might have won an oh, award i don't know the snow scene did didn't it but yeah, I, can't, I don't know i think the first kiss might have done as well anyway if it didn't it should have done um Definitely. anna's number two you ready mm-hmm. nick telling charlie that he came out to tara and then they kiss episode six oh. i love that one i feel like that was one of the moments of joy that is like the hallmark of this show yes definite positivity mm-hmm. and finally at number one Ooh. Anna's number one is episode eight Nick coming out to his mum oh brilliant yay <laughs> such a nice list and it's nice that it was it was different to ours as mm-hmm. well um because it is so personal isn't it yeah. and different moments you know even between us two different moments spoke to us in different ways yeah. didn't they and so our list was sort of a compromise in many ways mm-hmm. wasn't it maybe we should have done but separate lists so many moments to choose from yeah we could do a top 100 list of all the moments oh, in this easily. series um so jade's written in with uh with their top five um so in at number five morning after the rain kiss in the classroom when they both see each other for the first time and try to be subtle. <laughs> um, there's nothing subtle about that, no, is there? It's, it's just it's like adorable. It's, that glow oh, is so yeah, that's <laughs> pure. At number four, Nick and Charlie's homework scene mm. uh, where Nick tells Charlie about coming out to Tara and Darcy. Yeah, and yeah that's cropped up a lot, hasn't it? Yeah, it's, um, yeah at that moment of positivity. Mm-hmm. Number three, from... The hand crackles in episode two up to the end of that hug mm-hmm. where he says he looks really cuddly. Yeah. Because those feelings of um, anticipation are shown so well to us and really well acted. It's absolutely true. Totally agree. And yeah, hand crackles was in our top moments and the hug was in Anna's. And I think mm-hmm. that little like seen that little section from hand crackles to hug would be in most people's top five i'm gonna put it out there i feel like that's just a I, top I think moment so. it's one of those iconic moments wasn't it yeah it feels mm-hmm. like it's synonymous with like the feel of the show yeah that kind of cuddliness warmth comfort yes Mm-hmm. So in at number two Ooh. was Charlie and Nick's first kiss because it was so well paced mm. and the tension was yeah. so palpable. Yeah. Which it absolutely was. Mm. And I just remember holding my breath throughout that whole um, that whole sequence. Yeah. Um, and finally, Jade said that number one is tied. Um, oh. oh, hang on. That totally understandable. Wrong. It's tied between... Between Nick's coming out scene, which is incredible and so colourful, and OC is brilliant in this scene and brings out um, Kit's second best performed scene. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other tie is Nick's proper full and gay crisis, which is is Jade's favourite scene of Kit and Joe's actual, um, of Kit and Joe's and their best active moment. Uh, there's just something about it which is so real and so honest mm. and yeah i i agree i re- yeah that moment was was uh yeah really powerful yeah special wasn't it mm-hmm. and she's mentioned that it's the rawness and the honesty as quite unusual at their age and the hug. oh yeah 
They bring so much out of the characters, don't they? They really do. And they're not mm-hmm. much older. Like, these actors are not much older than the characters they're playing oh, no, in real life like as well. Or two, isn't it? So, yeah. yeah, the depth and maturity in all those emotions is yeah. powerful. Mm-hmm. And the hug. Yeah. <laughs> So we've got we've got loads more of your comments to get through, haven't we? we uh, do. We've still got several more voice notes. We do. Um, and we really want to talk about um, your favourite characters, mm-hmm. um, your sort of one-word summaries of Heartstopper, and we've had some really interesting questions which we'd like to discuss in more detail. Mm-hmm. And um, what people are looking forward to in season two. Yes, definitely. Um, so. We're actually going to have a little break and come back in part two of this roundup episode um, to finish all of that. This off. roundup episodes series. I know. It's a duology yeah. now. <laughs> I know. After we said there was only going to be gonna one be more. It's going to be one more. It's going to be just one more. And it's going to be we two. Lied. Yeah. There were so many, they weren't there. And we really do appreciate everyone getting in touch. How amazing is it that we've had so much discussion on just this one series of eight episodes that we've gone over an hour and a half chatting about it it's just yeah blown my mind from people in multiple different countries we just appreciate you all so so much so thank you thank you we do so hopefully you will join us again uh, for part two of this roundup episode uh, where we will bring together our final thoughts for this season Mm -hmm.